and we are now recording i think oh there we are yeah i've got a sign in my top right top left saying recording right so it's only, it's only audio so i'll just do a little intro uh, and uh, well first of all thank you very much for coming on my uh, my little chit chat uh, michael it's a pleasure graham um and I'm, I'm actually quite flattered that you consider me worthy to be one of your 10 good lord well let the word let the uh, flattery continue because uh, as we know well you are too let, let this be a matter of uh record for the universe that mm. you are probably the most successful head teacher in the country there is hardly a school that uh there is hardly a well i don't there are any schools i know that has uh, improve the life chances of his pupils at a, at a more reliably speedy rate than yours. That's very difficult you, for you to comment on, I, I imagine. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think that uh, um, in the current climate, the way things are in education with this uh, government running things into the ground and my increased pessimism with everything to do with education, I'm, I'm prepared to say what I think, Graham, which is there isn't a school anywhere in this country that's ever improved as rapidly and as dramatically and to the extent that we have um, ever. I, I, I believe that to be true. I've mm. made that statement several times and no one's ever challenged it. Mm. Well, the, you know, the, the, sorry. Yeah, the, the, I mean, just, just in cold, hard, facts terms i mean i've just finished compiling a, a report which was a joy to compile for our uh, trustees who are a, a good group of people educationalists and, and very serious professionals in their own rights and when we took over sponsorship of this school the year 11 cohort underachieved by 981 grades below target and with 88 boys in that cohort that meant each boy walked away with 11 grades less than their target which is horrifying really mm. um, this year our year 11s have walked away with um, between them an additional 314 grades which amounts to six grades per student over target so that's a net swing of plus 17 per um per student and when you think they're taking eight subjects mm. they are getting two grades better per subject that's life-changing for them that's that's facilitating colleges better college courses and as we know and i'll say something a, a bit i'll give you a, i'd love to give you a really striking example of how the uh, the algorithm debacle damaged some of our kids yeah we'll go on them you know um it just gives it just it just puts in capsule the what it means because um, it means a hell of a lot for those kids because they're taking those with them for the rest of their lives. The the example um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, you you remember what uh, Williamson and the his his uh, underlings at the various qualifications agencies did. You know, um, we had a boy a few years ago, year eleven. When we took over sponsorship of the school, his teachers were telling us he was at level three in English literature and English language. Um, and 
we, we, we had an outstanding intervention graduate working with us who'd, who'd worked before with me at another school and really knew her onions when it came to English. And she just said to me one day, um, they've got this wrong. This kid's incredibly bright. <laughs> so I said, oh, I like the sound of that. I'll, I'll circumvent a lot of the story, but essentially uh, he got two eights hmm. after, after just over two terms of intervention with this graduate, an English literature graduate, somebody hmm. you know. Incredible. Two eights, two eights. So not only were his teachers Incredible. underestimating him horribly, I mean, I've got my own um, understanding of that, which I have shared with my employers and they agree. You know, the way we look at kids from poorer backgrounds, I think is often shocking as middle-class people in education. And I think it's, uh, you know, some people do not see um, the talent that's within kids and they, they don't recognize it where they should. But she did, and he got two eights, went on and did A-levels, um, would never have done that. Nobody in his family have ever been to university. No one's ever stayed on at school. And he um, is from a, a, a minority background, from uh, a very working class part of Birmingham, Laveywood, where over 50% of the kids grew up in poverty, you know, officially in poverty. That's a national government statistic. Believe it if you will. I believe that one. And he was estimated prior to COVID uh, to be getting two Bs and a C and was going to Aston University to do, um, I believe, engineering. Um, the A-level results came out and he got two E's and a U. Wow. Now, not only are they, you know, you can, and, and stop me if I'm going on, but I, I am so angry about this. And I, I gave it both barrels on the first day of term and I told the staff what I think of this government. And I, I'm going to continue uh, and saying it to every official I ever come across. I don't care who they are. It, it was so bad. He, they were basically saying, uh, giving him a U grade, they were giving him the same grade as he'd get if he didn't turn up. Mm. This is a boy with two eights at GCSEs in English. So that's, no, that's no mean feat. They're two A stars. It, it being estimated two Bs and C, EEU, Graham. Now, I can't think of anything in my years in education that I, that, that I would describe as cruel. Mm. That to me was cruel, not just incompetent, wrong, horrendous, appalling, disgusting. It was cruel. And we cannot have a government being cruel to people, to mm. young people, people from disadvantaged backgrounds. That's, that's, a, that's a different ball game for me. That's, that's, changed, that's changed me. That's made me much more bitter. Well, now let's just stay with that a bit because... Uh... Um, two things. First of all, skip to the happy end. What was his centre assess grades that he's now got? BBC. And has he has that first set of erroneous and cruel, as you put it, grades? Has that has that prevented him going to where he wanted to go? Yeah, we think so. Huh? Um, Aston obviously said no, and you know the universities were obviously. Uh, pretty important in getting the government to backtrack to U-turn because they just stopped. I think they just stopped um, offering places because they just realized it was, it, 
they weren't going to fill quotas and that it was completely meaningless. And they'd obviously had so many students saying, but I was estimated three A's and I've got three C's. Uh, unless you went to a private school where, where your grades went up, of course. Well, let's go. That's, 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 that's the second thing, really. I, mm. I, I, I don't think you are a conspiracy theorist and neither am I particularly. No. But it, the, the degree to which that process, it's one of two things, really. It's either, or it could be both, it's either absolute catastrophic incompetence on the DfE's part, or on the uh, minister's part, I should say, because one of the things I find most distasteful about this whole business is how blame has been transferred away from the politicians and into mm. the uh, permanent civil service, uh, the permanent secretary, and then into Ofqual, who, with all their faults, were, are at beck and call. They're a public agency. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually, sad person that I am, I watched the uh, education committees in uh, grilling of Ofqual. Um, and while, of course, they would have put their hand up to say that they made mistakes, ultimately they, they they don't design they don't design policy. They put options before ministers, and the minister. I mean, I'd even even exempt Nick Gibb from this to an extent. I'm not a great analyst of all this, but Nick Gibb has been has been um, a, uh, um, I think a, a fairly steadying influence over the past three or four governments because I think he's been there right through the Tory years. So the finger ultimately gets pointed, it seems to me, at the uh, Secretary of State. Now, does that, do you think that there is something deeper going on here with respect to, I can't even imagine what, but, yeah. but, the, but the privates, the, 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 it wasn't just private schools, of course, because if you went to a school where there were small classes, it's, the, it's by and large the children of uh, parents who, for good fortune or whatever, live in very uh, well-endowed schools, live close to well-endowed schools, they benefited overwhelmingly. Yeah. Now, what's going on there, do you think? Well, I was talking to somebody yesterday, um, our accountant, we had a really, really, really good meeting yesterday, and we were, we were talking about COVID. Um, which in itself is is the most extraordinary thing I think uh, any of us have ever uh, have ever lived through, continue to live through. Um, I mean that's that's just a, a, a ball of wonder to me. I've no idea what's going on. I don't think anyone does. I, I genuinely don't. But we were talking about because she was saying to me, "Well, what do you think it's all about?" And I said, "Oh, I just think it's part of this right wing agenda." Because um, I, I do think it's not a conspiracy. I do think there is this incredible lurch to the right in the world, in the Western world, particularly in America and here, because I mean, we, we're, we're the 51st state, let's be honest. Mm. And everything I see in America with their incredible division right down the middle, you know, you're either, look, I mean, it's, it's a really long winded answer, but I'll get there. You know, you're either Trump um, uh, on the side of the police, on the side of Trump. Uh, you, you, you don't recognize racism um, and, and you want the Mexican war built or you're everyone else. And they seem to be split here. It seems to be about the same to me. You're either, you think it's all lives matter or black lives matter. Mm. I think Boris and Farage are, are tremendous and they really speak up for the average working person Hilarious. or you just want them out. Mm. 
and and this we're we're just so far apart now. You know, I I can't even listen to their arguments uh, because they have to me they have nothing of value to say, and and I think there's there are there are there are elements of this agenda in almost every aspect of our life, including education. Keep people stupid. Keep keep. The aspirational people downtrodden, keep them stupid because stupid people do stupid things and they, they vote for things that are not in their interest. I mean, how does Boris Johnson, a plumbing gob, New Yorker from Eton with his Eton background, with all that ridiculous behavior, how does he become prime minister of this country, mm. which is not a rich country? Mm. How? How does how do all these people who voted for him in the northeast and in the, the the old coal fields of South Wales and all the other hard done by areas? How did they possibly identify with this guy? They vote for him, the, the, and and they do stupid things. It is not in their interest. Why have these people voted for Brexit? It is not in their interest. Not remotely in their interest. Well, I think stupid people do stupid things, and if you you make sure that the uneducated stay uneducated I, you know i could be miles wrong graham but uh, but i just um I, I just i look at things and uh i know the standard of education is a re- is a real problem because turn the telly on now and you see the standard addiction of people on the bbc mm. you know i'm actually they am it's all right they're only footballers but they're always talking about them players well, the players and the, you know, the De Bruynes and the Sterlings and what well, both of them, you know, they, 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 it's it's extraordinary how how poorly educated we are when we pour billions into it every year. So, what uh, do you think? Do you think? Do you think this business with um, the uh, the um, grade scandal um, was that? incompetence or, or incompetence plus um, some malicious yeah. intent or or what uh, difficult to say but look I'll say this because um, because connecting what I've just said to to the education scandal is is a difficult one I, I'm just taking a Ferran Soriano whole holistic thought approach to it all and I, I, I just see I just see the cogs in the same grinding machine that's designed to, 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 to drive this weird shifting agenda that they've got. Um, incompetence. Well, Nick Hancock and, and Gavin Williamson, you, you only have to look into their eyes to, to see the incompetence and listen to what they say. Um, Hancock yesterday was talking about some Australian guy that he really admires and it was pointed out to him that he's a misogynist. Nick Abbott. And, and he was well. He didn't. Of course, you don't know. You you you, you, you don't see. You don't see anything. You, you you're living in a strange Tory bubble. Um, incompetence. Yeah. Now I think it's malicious. I don't think they care about um, poorer people, Graham. Um, I think if you look at Trump's behaviour with COVID and the death rate, and compare it to say New Zealand, yeah, or Germany. Or Sweden, or any Scandinavian country, for example. No, I, I, I would, I'd, I'd exclude Sweden from that. Uh, they've not done well, Graham. They're, they're, they went for the herd mentality, uh, the herd uh, uh, immunity thing, didn't they? And they've not done well compared to, to the, the Scandinavian countries who won't let the Swedes come anywhere near them at the minute. 
they've really struggled. But compared to America, and Trump, Trump has just denied it, hasn't he? Yeah. Because actually, he doesn't really care. He's in his, he's in his biological bunker in the, in the White House. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about people. I mean, you, you know, let's, let's be absolutely clear about it. If you, if, if you live in the center of Leicester or Oldham, where the houses are packed tightly together, and there's less space, and the families are bigger, and the poorer, you've got far more chance of contracting this than if you've got a great big garden and there's you and your wife and your one child and a dog. Mm. And you can go down to the local Waitrose, which is never particularly busy anyway. Mm. They don't care. They don't care about people. So why would they care about a few A-level results for a few scruffy individuals from an inner city comp? Of course they won't. That's not, yeah. that's not, you know, that's not a difficult thing to, to, to square in my mind. Of course they don't care. I think I think I I think I agree. I think it, I think there's a middle. I th I'm not sure actually whether there is sufficient. Uh, so that's my Amazon uh, delivery. Unusually insistent, um, and it's a pencil yeah. shop. So uh, I wouldn't mind if it was something. It was, uh, I haven't seen the size of your pencil yet. <laughs> it was high grade uh, high grade uh, floor cleaner, which has been in national short supply. Um, Oh, no, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very good pencil shop, no? I've got to be honest with you. But it's not worth interrupting this broadcast. So, um, yeah, I think careless, I think that th there are three possibilities in that, in that case. There's carelessness, there's uh, malicious intent, and there's incompetence. I'm not sure whether there are, whether there are, are masters in the political sphere have sufficient um, grasp of events to plan anything malicious. <laughs> there I is think, one person, though, Graham. Well, Mr. Cummings, of course, is is uh, is is possible. It's possible, but I mean that that we possibly get into that in a different episode because yeah, I mean that's that's a that's uh, oh, gosh, the ramifications of that are given that we've both got children. Uh, uh, making their about mind's about to make her way in the world, and yours is making an extraordinary success of her way in the world. Um, is uh, is is uh, uh, um, very very unpleasant uh, possibilities going on there. However, um, let's just let's let's move into it because I've got oh, about ten or so minutes left. Yeah, of this episode with uh, Michael Rennie. I, I my, my invite to return then. I hope we will come back for um, a suite of conversations about, you know, because I've missed the, because uh, you and I used to go up to Manchester um, fairly uh, regularly in years gone by. Yeah. And we would have conversations like this. We didn't interest only ourselves. Um, for the whole of that that journey, which included almost inevitably at least a four-hour wait on the M6 by Stoke-on-Trent, the record was five hours, wasn't it? Right. So, uh, you know, this is uh, this is taking me back to those times, really. Taking well, Graham, me back to those times. That five hours. That five-hour journey. That was the night when we realised that City were going to be winning a lot of things because it was the <laughs> night we we, we lambasted Liverpool. And we saw Yaya Torre in the flesh for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy day. Happy evening. 
this is going to end well for this club. Slightly tarnished by the by the journey, but not wholly. However, no. there were many many trips up and down the M6, which we which we drove up in dread, and drove back with that dread confirmed. <laughs> well, we, we, we saw a lot of one-one draws. Do you remember? A very great many. We saw a very great many games in which we failed to score. I think oh. for about uh, six months or something. Um, we failed to score. I don't know what it was. Anyway. And the lucky sausage, the story of the lucky sausage will have to wait. Oh, yes. You uh, remember? Whole episode there about Manchester City, because if, if at any point, this is intended for my daughter, partly this, because I realised the other day that I've actually got no recordings of my mum, and I've got no recordings of my dad, and of course, sadly, they're both dead now, so I've just got no recordings of them, and it's really, that's, that saddens me, so it, so that's partly why I'm doing this, is so that Kira, at least in years to come, can think, what did, what did, what did my old dad sound like? And, his, and, his, and the people who were most highly regarded in his firmament. <laughs> I'm sure she'll do. <laughs> to keep those long, long winter evenings occupied when she's, uh, you know, doing yeah. what she's doing. Or she'll listen to three minutes of it and then hit delete. Uh, impossible on the internet, because you can't delete anything. If, oh, yeah. We are making a permanent, and it needs to be said at this point, a very personal presence mm. on the internet, uh, because uh, you, neither you nor I, are speaking on behalf of any organisation that chooses to uh, employ us. No, not at all. But let's let's spend the last ten minutes or so uh, in a, in a degree of um, positiveness. Not, yeah. that, not that not that healthy criticism isn't positive because healthy criticism is extremely positive and extremely lacking in uh, in the halls of our masters. But uh, so uh, come back to uh, let's finish this with, with you and your school and leadership and yeah. so on. Um, and you talked about that lad, uh, that very beautiful story of that lad who uh, got his A stars or. Well, he got his A stars, basically. Yeah. Now it can't. What? What? what to what do you? What? What kinds of things do you think were contributory to that success? From very, it, it can't simply be as one is often told in education. Oh, lift the lift the lid of expectation, and everything else follows, because you can have teachers with very great expectations, but very low ability to deliver on those expectations. Yeah. And I sometimes think that some of us, some of us. Uh, wouldn't exclude anybody from this uh, category. Some teachers, including myself, uh, fail to raise their expectations because they've got an awareness of their very mediocre competence, mm. and thus their expectations are kept low. And then, and then sometimes even backed up by um, spurious fact. Yeah. Then there are really excellent individuals in schools, I think, who arrive in schools with amazing expectations and no idea how to deliver it, but nevertheless are undaunted and, 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 and pursue it. So what, what now this lad, of course, was the uh, beneficiary of that latter kind of teacher who came into his life at just the right point or teachers and leaders came into his life at just the right point to, to lift the lid off expectations, but had the competence to get him to that point. Now, is yeah. that an adequate explanation of it, or have I missed a lot out? Oh, I, I, yeah, I mean, 
I often, uh, when I'm walking my dogs, uh, Sergio and Vincent, I, uh, I, try, I try and work out what it is um, that, that, that makes these improvements because this is the third time I've been involved in this sort of project. So it's obviously something that I can do. I'm not saying it's unique, far from it. Um, David, who I work with, is very, is very experienced in, but it is, it is what I can do. It, I, found, I found what I'm good at. And it's ever so hard to say, well, what, what, what is it? I, I, what I would say is, um, I mean, they're writing a book on us. There's a, there's a journalist who's been commissioned to write a book about this oh, really? journey. Yeah, it's almost finished. I'll, I'll make sure you get a copy, of course. Me too. Me too. And there's a chapter on the intervention uh, of, on this lad, actually. Um, and, and that story of the debacle is going in the book. Mm. Um, and he's, he's, he's quite an experienced broadsheet journalist. So I'll let you have a copy of that. Um, and I, I, I will have buy a copy. No, don't just give me it. I will buy a copy, Michael. No, no, we're going to give a copy to everybody we can find and shove it down people's throats, Graham, uh -huh. because we're going to send it to the government and say, where, where are our other schools? Why aren't you giving a school? We now know why we haven't, to be honest. Um, but... We're financially stable now, so we're off any concern list financially. So I expect that to change. And we have actually been invited to do a, a project, a brand new free school project for alternative provision. So there are things. Anyway, um, how can I, I'll, I'll try and express this in, 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 in an absurd way. Just, you've asked me that question now. So look, um, just, 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 I just, I've just tried to copy what City have done. <laughs> right. Not the answer I was expecting. Well, well look, look if it, 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 it's, it's a good way to explain it because if you go and you watch your team and you're, you've got David Samil, Joey Barton and Joe and uh, Dietmar Haman at the back end of his career, Claudio Reyna, who wasn't that bad, but you get the drift. You're going to be mid-table. You're going to struggle. Then you then you get out, then you get Bernardo Corradi in, and you're not going to score goals. And Rolando Bianchi. It's sure. just not going to happen, right? Sure. But and if you then if you then suddenly find yourself with Yaya Torre, Carlos Tevez, Sergio Aguero, David Silva, Vincent Company, mm. you get you, 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 you that's now. I've just made sure. I now work with a Vincent Company and a David Silva. <laughs> and I think there's a budding Yaya Torre and I think, I think there's possibly a Sergio, you know? Mm. And, mm. you know, the quality of English teaching, of maths teaching, of humanities teaching, of senior leadership, um, the leadership in PE, there's real strength everywhere. And it'll come as no surprise to anybody that when you've got good teachers doing good things, mm. The kids do really well. Mm. And so the biggest thing you can do, the biggest thing you can do is get into the transfer market, <laughs> buy and sell, Harry, Harry Redknapp, Wheeler deal, mm. you know, move some people on, find them new clubs, give them good references, off they go. Um, and, and, and try and get yourself, you know, spend, spend, look at your budget. And if you need to spend a bit more to get the right people, you then do it. That's they're worth mm. every penny. Mm. And that, that's, that's a really, really, really big part of it. Um, and, and one of the reasons I'm able to 
to work from home today and yesterday and, and, and get going forward, probably a lot of time, you know, is because we've got these great competent people doing things mm. for us. Mm. And we're able to, uh, to do other things and let them get on with it. And, it, and at the moment, it's, it's kind of self-sustaining, but it's the people. It's, it's a people business. We've got fantastic monitoring systems. We're brilliant at that. And that was, a, that was a really, really big thing that I brought with me from previous employment. And, and so we know, Graham, we know what we're doing. Mm. And the information that we get, the management information we get is correct. And you, 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 have, you, can, you can change things instantly because, the, because I'm able to make very quick decisions. If something is wrong and doesn't work, it goes within 20 minutes. And if we want something implementing, yes. it, it happens in a day. Yes, and I've seen that. Yes, it's yes. in a day. Yeah, and somebody says to me, "You said you said to me once when you came in, so and so, she's brilliant. She should. I'd make her deputy. She was deputy head within two months. Are you telling me that? Because I looked at what you said and I thought he's right. I, I knew she was good, but he's right. We need to make that happen. And so what's happening? So the ability to make this is a this is a actually a kind of one of the huge benefits i think of the current uh you know the the academy and trust yeah. um uh, yeah. process is that they yeah. have literally trusted you to, with that without your having to go through 14 subcommittees and no. um, uh the right power or the or authority as leslie used to say as our, yeah. our former colleague uh, leslie king used to say accept the authority of your office but first you've got to be given it <laughs> so you've been well, given that, that. Well, Leslie was absolutely right, Graham. I use the phrase, or accept the authority of your role, five times a week. Mm. I was taught that. I was taught a lot of things by yourself and Leslie. Mm. A lot. I think uh, that's absolutely key. I really do. I really do I, think that's absolutely key. Mm. That's, that's, if you were to boil it down, you know, to, to, you can't boil it down to one thing. You've got to boil it down to about 100 things. But the yeah. speed with which a really great leader is allowed to make the decisions that he or she needs to make is essential because the children have, it's a cliche to say, but absolutely true, literally one childhood, which is a very Alan Partridge thing to say, but they literally do. They have one childhood only. How dare anybody muck that up? There's no way you can repeat that. Literally no way you can repeat it in terms of biology, but also no way you can repeat it in terms of human development. Well, added to that, again, if I might say, you know, you, you, this motivation that, that, that teachers must have, I mean, the motivation I have is, is I'll do anything for a grade, almost anything, because that one grade in one subject, that, that marginal improvement, that, that, that marginal moment, that moment they get that, that, dis, that it could be the, the thing that gets them onto the right course to change their life. Mm. And, you know, I'm just doing this at the minute. Um, it's been recorded, okay? <laughs> I should say, for the benefit of the one listener, yeah, to your very good lady wife, uh, Helen, who is a diamond amongst human beings. Yeah. Well, I've, I've forgotten what I was saying now. Um, the one the, grade. Uh, yeah, the one grade. Bit. You know, do, you just do anything for that one grade, and, 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 and you've, you, you just got to fight for every every grade you can get, they're all worth it. They're all worth it. And you never know which one, which slight tiny improvement is the one that, that, 
transforms their life because it can. Um, and, and when you say to people, I remember at a previous school when we had a visit from a guy who, who overseen the building of University Hospital in Coventry. And he came and said, I wanted to talk to you because I was told that you uh, do the, uh, you know, the, uh, I've been involved with this um, grade getting and these great exam results. He said, I'd swear to say that your catchment area is a spike of life expectancy hmm. because of the massive upgrade in exam turnouts. They, their, their life expectancy in the area had changed. Wow. So I remember saying to staff, if you ever need doubt, the impact of education, because of course we know that people who with education live longer. You mean uh, since the school started to improve, statistically the life, the life expectancy yeah. has risen? Yeah, because you, you've, you've got to remember I was there eight or nine years. So yeah. there, was a, there was a significant period of time, like sort of five years, a whole generation of schools where they're able to extrapolate that, that, those predictions and those estimates based upon, upon data. If you've got year after year after year of outturns of kids going to further education and higher education that mm. didn't happen before. Mm. So they were able to say with confidence, there is a spike in life expectancy in your catchment area. Mm. I was then able to say to teachers, guess what? You save lives. And, and, and yeah. that's true. Literally true. Literally true. So let's try and get it to a third thing, if we can. For, as, as, as we got so far, we got. We'll come back to this because it's clarifying my own thinking as much as anything else. If so, we got so far. We've got um, the, the the speed with which decisions are allowed to be taken by the people with whom you work, accepting the authority of your of your post, so that you blinking well make the decisions, no matter without fear or favour. I mean, I think that's that's the piece I would add to that about making about uh, about um, expecting accept, accepting the authority of your office without fear or favour, which is absolutely critical. I think because we're in a people world, and people will present themselves to each other in ways that suit their own self interest. No surprise there. So, uh, in other words, it's very hard to say to a nice, smiling human being who presents themselves with all the social skills that they have, I'm afraid you're not doing a good enough job and we can't keep on with this. That's, that, that, without bullying the individual, is the, one of the hardest skills and you've got it. Uh, that's, it's very nice of you to say, I'm terrible at that side of it. Um, and, and making co courageous decisions is really hard. Mm going where it hurts is really hard. I don't like doing, I'm not very good. I don't suffer fools. It's one of my main weaknesses. Um, there are other people who tend to deal with those processes once decisions have been made. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I, I've, I've come to a point where it doesn't, it, it seems to me now, it doesn't matter how supportive and nice you are to people when you're giving them this feedback. You, you, could, you could give them 100 grand and, and, and they'd still concoct some story about you and use that word bullying, which is just banded around for anything. It's ever so hard. It Currently, is. That's what I mean. When you, you're very modest about yourself, but I, I have absolutely conclusive proof over the... Uh, you and I have worked together now for uh, 2020. We met in 2000. So 15 years, we've, we're, I've, yeah. I've, I've had experience of your professionalism. And there's nobody... 
who manages people better, uh, manages and leads people better in my, in my professional experience. Um, and, and you do, of course, run the risk of being unpopular at times. Mm. But that is the schools that don't get that right. Schools where the head teacher, you know, is eager for popularity, praise and likes on his Facebook page uh, or her Facebook page. Mm. They're the schools that almost certainly, you know, where the head is, you know, benignly sits in his or her office and says, well, yeah. I should get that out and you make that decision. You face that person out. Because the third piece, I think, is something else that you uh, have said many times. I don't think I can concoct it into a phrase as such. It goes back to the second thing about accept the authority of your role, which is which is um, uh, don't um, refer upwards the whole time. In other words, and that's something that you you lead from in the top. You will not ever be afraid to both massively praise people, pupils, teachers, parents, office workers in ways that they truly respect. And that's a skill in itself. And that's really hard without staff getting awfully patronised by it. And I've, I've been around your school a lot and spoke to a lot of people in your school. And the, and the credit they get given by you and by your leaders is uh, deeply appreciated, deeply personally appreciated. But you model, I think, it's difficult to say, I know, but this is what I, one of the third thing I would think of many that makes your school such an astonishing place for the pupils, is that, is that you model for the staff deal with it in other words don't uh, don't say well, uh, don't make a, don't get into an entitlement complaint culture where you where oh what can you do with people like this or mm. uh, do you know what that isn't my problem that's my manager's problem i should let my manager deal with that whether yeah. that's classroom discipline or whether that be difficulty with a colleague you know i think you can only do that i'll finish this ramble with this i think you can only do that let's say as, as, a, as a classroom teacher in an environment where you know that ultimately accountability is very clear, writ large, and two sides of a coin, deeply, deeply felt praise will be given where it's where it's warranted, and uh, uh, an intolerance of uh, deliberate planned incompetence or laziness. That was long-winded, but the, the, the failure to. <laughs> Uh, yeah. don't refer upwards is the com is the phrase i've heard yeah. you say so often which doesn't mean you're left on yeah. your own yeah 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 but that's true Brent. it's absolutely true um the referral culture is kryptonite for any school um it's the thing i notice most about failing schools most schools are going to uh it exists and thrives it's, it's just it it's a, a, such a feature of education such a feature of teaching and the management and leadership of teachers uh, and the way schools organize themselves. Referral cultures, they're all over the place. If you can tackle it and, and start to grind it down, you really will make progress. You really will. Um, but you have to be relentless and be prepared to be unpopular because you will, of course, because you're asking people to do their jobs and people don't like that. It's, it's hard work. Um, and uh, you will be unpopular. Um, I think what I would add to it, there was, I mean, I did get that from yourself and Leslie, though, uh, Graham. I ha I'd have to concede that, or that, that's that's how I interpreted your um, accept the authority of your role, because that's what it is, really. Do your job. Mm. That's 
what it means. And that's how I interpreted it over the years. There are subtle differences, I think, but that's how I interpreted it. But you probably remember going back, there was that thing I used to call Occam's razor. Oh, yes, that's critical. You know, I, 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 I use that example still now all the time. Um, you know, well, the, the simplest explanation is usually the right one. And actually, it always is the right one. Um, you know, and uh, that, that's a, that, I think that's a tremendously powerful leadership uh, philosophy to hold dear, Completely. you know. Yeah, actually, uh, I mean, uh, that's true for teaching as well, I think. You know, the, the, the clearest, simplest explanation of anything, any process that you're trying to teach a child is usually the best one to, to adopt. Not the most convoluted strategy, not the most messy strategy, not the most fancy flowery strategy or explanation. Simple, direct, clear. Yeah. And, you know, so, take back it. control. You know, it's like, I mean, that's what they've learned nationally. Make America it? great again. Exactly. The three words, the three words, it's clear, it's easy to remember, it's an earworm. So, yeah, but that, that in your school, that, that feeds through, for example, in the area of school policy, you know. Can't be done on one side of A4, it can't be done. So you well, don't you, you, you look at the strategic plan, you've seen our strategic plans, they are generally really short. They are, we have three elements to it each year, and they're always the same, literacy, Outcomes and um, attitudes to learning, teaching, learning—the day-to-day stuff. Dead mm. simple. Mm. Rule of three: just do three things. You can't do more than three. Nobody can do more than three no. things anyway. Three three plates, you know. Keep it simple. But, but so let, yeah. let, let, let's finish with this. Let's finish yeah. with something that that, uh, that again. It's, I think it's critical to the way in which you you, you work. I think. And that is, and again, it's, uh, well, I'll stop bothering about it. You, 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 you got, I remember you saying this to your staff and you said it to us once that uh, your definition of education, mm. what it means to educate. Yeah. So let's finish with you doing it. Do you want to, do you want to riff on that for a bit? Because that's, uh, mm. I think that's really central to it. Well, I, I got this, um, or I, I, I was hit with this clouds unfolding moment when I was a student teacher many years ago uh, and ironically I was the student teacher at, at David's school <laughs> and I, I, I'd got these uh, the, uh, the, 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 the chair of your trust is that yeah right? yeah yeah and um, I, I'd, I'd always been surrounded by people in education in my family and so and I'd listened to some of the, the world's greats in my dad's field who used to well, visit the house, actually, for want of a better expression, because they did used to stay with us. And we were encouraged to sit around the dinner table and listen to them. And I, and I did. Tim Bridges, uh, I think, was one, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. There's uh, people from all over the world as well. Graham, you um, might have to name drop, but these guys are absolutely critical and should not be forgotten by the system, because Tim Bridges in particular, I think, yeah. absolutely essential in changing yeah. education for the better. You know, there's, there's some great, um, uh, interesting people with, with all sorts of ideas. And anyway, I, 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 it just dawned on me that um, it was all about getting kids to think. And, uh, and then I, I just started to piece it together as a philosophy, um, which was that I, I, the way I explained it to, to people was, look, if, if you're an athlete, the way you get better or stronger is you, you train and you, you do exercise 
and you feed yourself a really good diet of I don't know, chicken and fish or anabolic steroids or whatever it is that you require to, to, to build the, the, the muscle mass to be faster, bigger, stronger. But you must then train and you must, you, you must train in the right way. Linford Christie wouldn't train by running a marathon, for example. Mm. Um, a marathon runner wouldn't train by doing multiple hundred meter sprints. You train in, a, in a, an appropriate way and you must have, but your diet must be of high quality, you know, um, good quality chicken, good quality anabolic steroids, you know, <laughs> get the bad ones, you add it. And, and um, so I thought, well, if, if you imagine that your brain is a muscle, it isn't, but if you imagine it was, then you, you, you've, 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 um, in order to, in order to, to get stronger, you, you've got to feed it the right things. And that's reading a really good book, talking mm. to a really intelligent person, mm. trying something that's a bit harder than you would, you know, the mm. really good mm. stimulus information. Absolutely. And then you say, so what is the exercise? And there is only one exercise for the brain. And that is, it's the thinking. Mm. You know, make the kids think. And I remember talking to my dad about this. I said, look, that's what it is. And he's like, well, yeah. He said, you know what education means, don't you? And I said, what do you mean? He said, no, what it actually means. And I'd, I'd say, well, not really. And he said, well, it means to draw out. And you can only do that by coaxing with questions. Mm. And that's how you get people to, to, to push themselves and to go a bit further and to a bit deeper and a bit wider and a bit more imaginative in, in, in what they, to get to the answers, you know? And I just thought, yeah, mm. yeah, that's it. Mm. that's it and so I, I try to I try to help teachers with that because the really really good teachers do it and the way that I see them doing it there's only one way that happens in the classroom and I, I see it and, and it's where the teachers where the kids don't call out mm. and the teacher has directed questioning yeah and then the teacher doesn't accept the first answer necessarily. Mm. Supplementary questioning, I think, is where that's that's where education lies. Absolutely. And your brilliant teachers do it. <clears throat> and it. And it's not hard to do. And it is also the most fabulous crowd control technique of all time. Uh, is, I, I, that, that's the only thing I disagree with in that piece there was it is hard to do. It's incredibly hard to do. Ah, well, I, I'm just great at it then. No, I'm joking, well, you know. You, well, you personally absolutely are, but, but a lot of people are really not. Yeah, it perhaps is. It perhaps is. But, you know, the best teacher I ever saw, and here's a colleague that you would know. I won't name her. Um, I didn't respect her in many ways, but as a teacher, I thought she was absolutely unbelievable. I watched her teach a class once, and I went in, and I sat there and rocked back in my chair at, in amazement because she'd got the kids working together in pairs, and they were actually questioning each other and they were educating each other the kids mm. they, 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 they were i could see it you mm. know they were they were challenging each other's answers with supplementary mm. questions and i thought not only can she do this she can get the kids to do it it was literally um you know a different different completely different level of uh, of teaching it's not even teaching it's educating um, well, that's, 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 yeah. that's a really good point to leave it on I think that, All right. that's a really for this for this episode because that's a beautiful vision to to end mm. with isn't it in at times when yeah. we're, we're we're in difficult times at the moment but 
yeah. one of the many things you've done to become one of the most successful schools, or if not the most successful school leaders in this country, is precisely that. Thank you, Gwen. Pleasure. Really it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, my friend. You too. And uh, that's the end of this episode. So, so listener, uh, for there will be no more than one, yeah. and that'll probably be me. You never know. Uh, this, uh, so there we are. Um, well, the, uh, that's great. Great talking to you. And we'll do another episode before too long. Before too long. So is the recording button now off? No, I'm about to press off. I'm pressing off.